Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Not Another. It's your favorite a lesbian in training, Alex, and I'm here today with an amazing guest, and we're going to talk about some really dope stuff, as we do every week. This week in particular, we have a really beautiful, incredible, awesome guest. She is a comedian in New York. She is a professional tie-dye artist. She does a lot of theater. She's very... She's... She's kind of like a queer legend because she's trying to guide the straight man through the life of being a queer angel. We have so many great things to talk about. We are thrilled to have her on. This is Nadia. Hi, Nadia. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh, thank you so much for coming. Again, it's like 11 a.m. Uh, for me in Chicago this Monday morning, but you are like a ray of sunshine. So I'm very happy you're here. Wow. I'm so stoked. It's, I find that like I babysit a lot during the day, so I really don't get to talk to too many adults. Um, <laughs> so it's, I'm going to be like, um, I'm going to be like two on while babysitting today. Um, oh yeah. You're going to be like doing bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. So tell us a little bit. I, I like to give the floor a little bit in the beginning, just so you can like what you got going on. Like talk about I want to know about one, the tie dyeing of it all, because I tried doing tie dyeing one time in quarantine as like a maybe I could be good at this. And I'm not because it's so much harder to look like you like as a casual tie dyer, if mm-hmm. you will. You like, you know, you spray the, the color on and you're like, oh, it's going to look cool. It's going to look fine. And then it comes out, it's like one big brown splotch. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow, no, this is a lot harder than anybody told me it was going to be. Oh, yeah. So like, when did you start like a t- like your tie-dye business? I know you have a website, you have your own like IG for it. Like, mm-hmm. when did this all come together? Well, I started tie-dyeing uh, like, what, I think six years ago, maybe even seven, um, one year for Christmas. My roommates and I in Bushwick were like, we wanted to do a bunch of tie-dye gifts for people for Christmas. And they, they met in like art school. So this was like on par for them and their activities. And they're like, we'll just like, we'll just like put a tarp in the living room. We'll do a big, we'll do a big tie-dye. Oh yeah. For this tie-dye, we'll do like a winter color palette. Like this seemed like something they had done before. And then they tie-dyed for like a week and I tie-dyed every day for three months. And it got to the point where I was like, my living room is just buckets. It's just buckets and tarps. And I I kind of exhausted my whole wardrobe. And I was um, uh, working at a coffee shop at the time. And one of my regulars was like, I was just begging people to let me tie dye things for them. Because I was like, I've dyed all of my wardrobe and I don't have more things. Um, And I I tie dyed some stuff for, for him and his kid. And I was like, here you go take it and he was like well do, do I owe you money for this and I was like what and he was like you know people would pay you money to do this right and I was like <laughs> your whole brain just like exploded yeah I just <laughs> the concept of like being paid for my services was uh more than I could comprehend um mm-hmm. and then I just kept doing it and now I do I you know I have my own like website with like pieces I make but I also do like workshops at breweries and I'll do like I do corporate tie-dye workshops what yeah which is the wild it's the wildest experience of all that's so cool yeah well it's like it's uh, people who work in corporate America are typically not very like loosey-goosey um Mm. and um tie-dyeing for them as you already expressed many people were like I'll tie-dye in the pandemic like I'll do it (laughs) yeah that'll go fine and then uh, you're like, oh, this didn't turn out how I wanted. So 
when you do a corporate tie-dye workshop, it's a lot of like type A people. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. For the sake of the listener, my cat decided that she wanted to become a part of the tie-dye conversation. Yes. Sorry. Just just a big fluff ball. Just ignore ignore her. I usually close the door, but they, she was asleep and I was like, maybe she'll be good. Oh, it's okay. Nope. I want to talk about tie-dyeing there. They like to be the stars of the show and that's not their thing today. Okay. So corporate America, yeah, I can imagine them being like, oh yeah, no, like I can totally tie-dye. And it's just like a dot. Yeah. yeah but the, it just, everyone gets really stressed out. They're like, well, do, should I put green and blue or just green? <laughs> and I'll be like, well, do you like those colors? And they're like, but what is good? And I'm like, I don't <laughs> like, I'm just like wearing full tie-dye outfits, like whatever feels good, man. They're like, how do I win this? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, there's no winning in tie-dye. And then they kind of self-destruct. But um, yeah, you've just broken the concept of uh, their entire lifeblood. Yes. In the, in the span of one seminar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do anything like virtually? Because I know that that might be hard to translate to not do it in person. But like for the sake of the listener, who I know I have a lot of people who listen from all over the country and some internationally, they might benefit from some tie dyeing. I mean, um, I've thought about doing virtual tie dye. I just think you honestly like I need to be there and like guide people's hands. And that makes sense. It's like there's enough videos on the internet that'll show you how to tie-dye something if you want to watch a thing and follow along um and the thing that I think is valuable for me is that I'm like I can look at you and I can see what you need I can get yeah um and it's just like harder to do that virtually and it's just like the sheer organizational planning of like how I'm gonna get you supplies beforehand I have to go to the post office and send you something or make sure you bought the right tie-dye equipment. Yeesh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nope. Not worth it. Nope. I get that. <laughs> but that's so dope. So do you do, if somebody were to say, like, go on your website. I know that you have pieces that are already up. I was scrolling, by the way, earlier. They're all fantastic. Thank but you. if someone were to be like, hey, I would really, like, if I send you a shirt, would you tie-dye it for me? Do you do commissions also? Hell yeah, there's a custom commission option in the site. And I also, just to show you, so you can see, um, ooh, I ooh. have this uh, jumpsuit I dyed. It was- Oh my God. It's black and I got bleach damage on it. So then I, I brightened it. Look at the legs. Oh my God. Okay. Like, no, for the benefit of the listener, like I get the I get the privilege and the honor to, to Zoom with guests and get to, to FaceTime with guests. Um, this looks like something that would be purchasable in like a boutique-esque store. And the fact that it wasn't like a white jumpsuit that you tie-dyed black, but you bleached it, uh, yeah. I'm, I am honestly a little bit gobsmacked because I, I don't understand. My brain, I am like a corp, I mean, I'm not a corporate brain, but my <laughs> brain functions in the way that's like, that's not possible <laughs> physically that you did not, that you did that with your own hands. That's incredible. God, it's yeah. so cool. I'm going to send you something. We've talked your business, which is dope as hell, but I want to talk to you about something because we have, we talked about this just before we started recording about how this is as like queer people, you know, usually we gravitate towards a lot of like RuPaul's Drag Race and like the queer sides of TV, film, music, et cetera. But we're both kind of obsessed with one of the straightest phenomenons to come to television. And I don't think that it's wrong. I think inherently it makes it... Mm-hmm. I think I know a lot of queer people that love this show to the point where it's like, is it inherently queer by like watching and spectating this straight behavior? 
Yeah. Like, is that it's like the way that I don't know. I'm talking about Love Island, but I'm talking about the UK version of Love Island. I don't yeah. want to. The US version does not exist in this canon for us. It doesn't. Um, I'm fucking obsessed. I love I'm obsessed. Have, I'm obsessed. Are you? Have you watched all the seasons? So no, I've watched two, three, and four, oh, and good. I've been meaning. I've been meaning to. My favorite is three. Hand yeah. point blank period. Okay, three. okay, okay. So we can let's let's hyper focus on three because yeah. I think that that's like it's we have enough. We have every type of character. Yeah. In Love Island series three. I think it's Olivia was my favorite. Olivia. I don't even care. Uh, I'm sad. She's like, I'm sad. <laughs> I love it. It's it is like everything that you want in reality TV, where like the bachelor will sometimes give you like this drawn out, you're like, okay, when are they gonna hook up? Like yeah, 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 yeah. all I wanna see, I wanna get to like the juicy stuff. Yeah. And Love Island does this for you where they cut out all the fluff. There's no fluff. It is just watching. It's like literally you put 10 very conventionally attractive straight people like in a zoo cage and you're like, go. You're like, yes. kiss, mate, like mate. Everybody sleeps in the same bedroom in 10, in five beds, go. Mm. And it is fascinating. Yes. It's like a social study. That's okay. Here it is. And I was waiting, mm. I was waiting for you to get there. Um, because I, so I have a degree in sociology, right? Oh and shit. So, it's about to be um, real. I did this live event for like the premiere of the bachelor once at this, there's like a venue for like intellectual nightlife in New York called caveat, which is fantastic. And they, they connected okay. me with, um, an, uh, anthropology professor and me gave live color commentary to a premiere of the bachelor season one year and it was like the most fun thing i've ever had but i i was like oh right these are all just social experiments um oh billion percent the bachelor is like one you know it's like it's devolved from like let's see what would happen to like people just competing to be famous and Mm -hmm. Love Island is still in this like really wonderful sweet spot where it is people actually being like, I'm going to find the love of my life. Um, But it's a social experiment masquerading as reality television. And anyone who knows me has heard me give this exact fucking pitch. It is a social experiment masquerading as reality television. The main reason you watch it is because the accents are fantastic, which is why I am baffled that they started a Love Island U.S., I don't give a shit. They sound No one cares. Great. Nobody likes it. No one it's, likes it. No, it's not. It's like go on The Bachelor or get out of my fa- There's a million different dating shows in American reality TV shows. The ba- Ugh, the fucking Love Island is so fantastic. They lock these people in a house. They keep them away from their friends and family for fucking weeks. And weeks. then the public gets to vote on things they edit this shit in like real time so it's seeing what happens and then they get to find out what people are saying about them on social media like the challenges they do it is it got it's crazy i'm so glad you saw earlier seasons because season two i think was the first and only season where there's ever been a queer person there was like one contender by and then She'd been partnering up with these dudes, and at the end, she was like, "I want to partner up with a girl." Um, that girl, and they were like, Boom. "Yeah, oh, it's like they were like, you're gay, May.' Yeah, like yeah. I, that's not right. That was really horrible. No, it was Sorry. good. I think thank I you. Great, I, I respect. <laughs> you. <laughs> you respect the attempt, yeah. which is fine. Thank you, <laughs> anybody that's from Love Island. If you have a problem with it, just come on this podcast and we can talk about it. Yeah, we'll it's discuss. truly 
it that season was so wild and that contestant that by contestant she committed suicide a couple years ago no way yeah there's been a couple people who have died by suicide it was her someone else from her season as well and um and then the host I don't remember the circumstances oh but Caroline Flack yeah, yeah that was that was very um Super unfortunate. And it was kind of like a UK tabloid and press is known to be like extremely brutal beyond like the realms of American tabloids. Uh, they, they really dive deep into personal affairs with people and they just put everything out on blast. And I know that Caroline was kind of, I mean, obviously I, all I know is like the basics, but she was very much involved in like a domestic dispute with her current, with her partner at the time. And I think that it was super exploited and blown up in, in um, UK tabloid media. And like, I just, you know, one thing led to another and I think mental health plus all of that being aired out all the time without really her getting a chance to validate it at all. Yeah. Uh, probably just added to it. I don't yeah. know, yeah. which is really sad. I remember when I saw that and I was just like, cause she was, she was um, one of like the hosts of the extra factor when one direction was like on the X factor and like, what? I'm a big fucking Harry Styles fan, um, but I've been a fan of 1D forever. And I remember seeing her. She uh, she hosted, I think, from like 20, 2008 to like 2012, maybe like where she would like interview the guests. It was like an after show, whatever. And then she dated Harry for a little bit when he was there. This is like very she dated him when he was 16 and she was 32. Yeah. And she was like, he's older. He like, you know, he acts older. I was like, but he's not older. He's not. But he's a, you're, he's a child. He can't even, he can't even drive a car in the U.S. right now without you. Like you just, it's not, it was a very weird situation, unfortunately. But no, I wrote, she was very well known. She was like a super well known celebrity in, in UK culture. And that was like a very big shock to a lot of people. But yeah. And I think it happened while they were doing the season. Um, so I think we're on the eighth season now. I think mm-hmm. the, the last season was in South Africa at the start of the pandemic. Like, yeah. And it was like, so the crazy thing was that it was like supposed to be like the winter season. They were like going to maybe like double up on Love Island seasons in a year. So they yeah. happened there like January in South Africa. And then. <laughs> Then all this shit happened and they were like, now what are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, then they were all in lockdown, which is crazy. Um, but she had already, like, I think Caroline was had already been fired because of, like, the scandal around her relationship yeah. and the domestic dispute, uh, which is bananas. Anyways, that show is absolutely crazy. And when the pandemic started, I was like, I really can't watch anything serious like nothing made me feel good well I could watch I was watching Love Island and The Handmaid's Tale girl (laughs) are you serious I was are you serious (laughs) I don't know why I was like I want to see someone trapped and I was like that's Handmaid's Tale and Love Island (laughs) we found the thread the pipeline the Handmaid's Tale and Love Island pipeline is right here yeah, I was like, they're trapped in like societal norms and they can't escape it. Uh, uh, the two complete opposite sides of the spectrum here. Yeah, but it we made have, me feel seen in some spooky way. You know what? I That is totally validated. Like that makes a lot of sense to me because like now I can't, I can't watch Handmaid's Tale now. Like I used to watch Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, it's getting, it's getting too close to home. Also, I'm like, 
June, just fucking leave. Like, you have had multiple opportunities now. You're, like, at the precipice of the border. I know you want to go grab your child. Don't you think you can grab your child a little bit better with, like, lawyers and police from the outside than, like, <laughs> trying to once again sneak past Yvonne Strahovski for, like, the fifth time? Yeah. Like, Ma, you, she was literally, like, on the border with one foot over and was like, I have to go back. I was like, I know. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Ugh. But again, it's like, if I was, you know, if I had a baby, would I not be like, my brain would be chemically altered to be like. Chemically altered brains. That's valid. Um, Where it's like, we are like, bitch, save yourself. Take the baby you have and leave. And then. But like, you can, and figure out a way to get your kid back. Yeah. Because like, the odds of you being able to physically, like, maneuver and like, it took everything. It took eight episodes for us to just formulate this plan that is like <laughs> one in a billion chance it's going to work. Like somebody has to be asleep at the right time. Someone's got to be sneezing, overlooking that way for yep. you to be able to run from one lawn to the other. Yes. And then she's like, we just got to do it again, but with a six-year-old child that doesn't recognize me. Yeah. Let's do it. And yeah. I'm like, I got okay, it. I guess let's, yeah. let's go back. Let's do it again. Elizabeth. <laughs> fuck. I know. June. Ugh, but it is incredible television. No, it's good. It's fantastic. It's, they're all geniuses. Everyone on that show is amazing. And I can't watch it anymore just because it's a little bit becoming like a little bit too real. But yeah. uh, it is I get very it. sad. It makes me feel very sad, but it's the catharsis I need. Um, I get that. The Love Island, like, <laughs> there's something that's so wonderful about it is that you, I just can see, I can see everything in like a social interaction whereas like on the bachelor i see a really like scrubbed version of human interaction and Mm -hmm. on love island it's like i'm just watching these little bitties every single day in a bathing suit and i'm seeing them in their like confessional and i'm also seeing them just like lie their little asses off in it's like you know you're on television baby is the thing you know like my my favorite part about this is like they are like not, you know, they're not pulling any punches. These people wanted to be on Love Island to like find love, hook up and like be on reality television. Like they knew exactly what they were signing up for them going into this. Like there's not a single person that's like, I didn't expect it to be like this. Like, no, they all knew. They knew what they were doing. They're having a blast doing it. And like watching these people fully lean into like the, just like the, ridiculousness of it all like you have a seven different bikinis mm-hmm. that you brought one for every day of the week you're lounging out in your seven inch heels just like chilling out by the pool yeah like watching the boys do their like intense ridiculous workouts like every day it's like a different karma sutra pose where they're like on the machines the two dudes together like <laughs> lifting each other they're doing like like simultaneous squats next to each other by the pool and i'm like this is gold it's just gold yeah. You know what I mean? Perfect. Everyone got fresh lip filler before going oh. to the show. Ooh. I like to assume that they have somebody that comes in bi-weekly that just continues to give them their fillers because they never flatten. Yeah, they don't flatten. And these girls are always getting, like, fresh blonde right before they get mm-hmm. on the show. And those roots start coming in. And then you're like, oh, those roots didn't grow all the way out. Who's, nope. Who's coming in to touch that up? Nope. See, but that's like, I like to suspend reality and think, oh, they're just perfect Barbie dolls that live on Love Island. And they're gonna, they're gonna find their Ken. They're gonna, they're gonna 
couple up and they're going to chat and they're going to do all of this banter and it's going to be so good. And like, now I want to watch it again. My girlfriend legitimately says, she's like, it's so straight. I'm like, yeah, but it's not like, it's not, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Cause it is, it is inherently very straight, but the campiness and the, th- like just the, the, the over the topness of everything. It feels like I'm sometimes watching a drag show. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because- yeah. You're watching one, lots of people who are like, sure, they might be like Instagram influencers by day, but like none of these people, like being on reality TV in this particular type of reality is like, none of these people are doing like full face makeup, dressing up in heels every day, being in a bikini all day. None of these people have to make proclamations of love to a stranger out loud like several oh, so times funny. it's like that is the thing that's like so not heteronormative that they have to be like i like this person because like that they have to go oh no like, it's so good it's and they're just sober. so good they, they don't they give them like one like alcoholic drink like maybe like every other day like on most oh, of the dates so apparently they're drinking like non-alcoholic like prosecco or like that's so, that makes sense honestly i worked on um i worked on love and hip hop miami for two seasons and like it's very like they'll get one drink like before we would start filming essentially but everything that you shoot with is non-alcoholic yeah because like we can't risk you know heightened uh emotions where people could start to get a little bit out of control like everything needs to kind of be regulated but like obviously our show was a lot more saturated than love island because love island is almost like akin to big brother like big brother's like gay sister do you know what i mean did you agree with who won love island three um that was danny dyer right no that was amber and uh oh my god and uh kim what's his name kim yeah fucking brings a bracelet Oh my god. Oh, he was, it was like it was like poetry almost. He's so just like full of himself. He was just like a hairdresser and she I just like remember them coming on and I was like, I don't like this dude. I don't like anything that's happening right now. Um, but just like whatever, sure, if they like each other. There's always a girl named Amber. Excuse me, there's <laughs> always a girl named Amba. <laughs> <laughs> Literally A M B U H Amba. Yeah, yeah, Amba. Um, and I think she was Welsh. Um, that one. Um, but there's been like I think the amp the Amber that was on the beginning of this season, um, was like pretty chilled out, like not too crazy. But there was an Amber who was in like the top four a couple seasons ago, maybe season six or five, mm. and she had one of those like wild northern accents where you're like what is that that like that thing where they kind of have like a lisp um oh yeah oh yeah yeah, absolutely I'm not gonna try it because you heard my impression before and it was just like genuinely offensive but I do know what you're talking about (laughs) half of the show really is the accent though like it's just like I got a text I have that I actually have that on my phone as a text tone you can get it what Yeah, no, I was obsessed. Like seriously, wow. I bought that. I bought that. Yeah, that you was paid not money free. for that. <laughs> God, I, I paid my hard-earned American dollars for those, and I'd do it again. Hell yeah, I would do it I'd again do in it. a second. Oh my God! Wait, have you heard about the Love Island mobile game that you can play? No. Oh yeah, you go into you go into the villa, 
as an Islander and you make your way through and you can be a queer woman because you have to be a woman. You can't be a man. But I don't know who, who made the game, but you're a woman no matter who you're playing as. And, um, and you can be, you can choose a queer path if you want. And I watched Cody Co, who's like, he's a content creator online. Yeah. He and his, uh, his podcast partner and comedy partner, Noel, played the Love Island game. And it was so funny that I was like, I'm gonna try it. Like, fuck it. I'm gonna try it. I'm not gonna spend any money. If I can make it through this game without having to do any freemium bullshit, I'm going to do it. And I did. And I honestly was like, I'm like kind of having fun right now. Like this is like a little Yay! bit of, I'm like in the fantasy of it. No, it was really funny. Um, cannot recommend enough. If you have, if we go into another lockdown, God forbid, download the Love Island game. Because you could play it for about 18 straight hours without blinking, breathing, or going to the bathroom. It's ex- wow, it's the exact escapism you need. Taking it to a new level. Yeah. So nice. I feel like I'm, I was such a Sims kid that oh. I really love like being a character in like a simulated life experience, which I think maybe is why I'm so drawn to Love Island because it does feel like I'm watching simulated life experience. Um, in, Completely. Like, in a very, yeah, because you get to vote on what happens and like affect change in their lives. So it does feel like I'm ever so slightly pulling the strings. Totally. Wow, that's cool. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's like nerdy, but it's like as somebody who has enjoyed more. I feel like you're the casual Love Island viewer if you've watched like a season. You're a fan if you've watched two or three. And then you like you're in it if you've seen more than four. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the game is for from fans to really in it people if you've casually watched it don't play the game you're gonna think i'm a loser don't do it <laughs> if, if you've if you've seen multiple seasons try it out i think you'll understand where i'm coming from okay. but um i also want to talk to you because we've talked about love island and god knows that's so great we speaking of you know what i'm gonna make a, a good hopefully not tasteless transition but um speaking of really ridiculous acts. <laughs> No, I can't do that. Uh, I, I'm not going to try to make a bit about Amy Winehouse's accent, but I do want to talk about the Amy Winehouse uh, documentary <laughs> or biopic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I saw that Gaga's rumored to play Amy. Yeah. I don't know if I like it. I honestly, honest. well, I read that um, Amy Winehouse's father is upset and wanted a younger woman to play Amy. He was like, we should have like a fresh like ingenue. And I was like, okay, I get that. But I also think you kind of need someone who's like got some grit. And if I see like, you know, not like, it's not going to be like Camila Cabello or something, but like (laughs) there was, there was some like, uh, kind of like teeny boppy, like girl who was in a girl group or like girl who has like a noodling singing career, um, who was Mm -hmm. like in the running, so to speak. I was just like, I don't really give a shit about any of these people. Like, you need to... No, there has to be somebody that's going to, like, do it justice, you know? I watched the the documentary. I watched, like, on a flight to Europe, like, on my way there. And then I absolutely watched it on my way back to the States. Uh, Like, we're just, like, crying both times. I have yet to bring myself to watch it, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Because I... I mean, every, I think every single person, whenever you bring up Amy, Amy Winehouse or you ask, like, if you could bring one person back, who would it be? I think majority of the time, Amy is like the consensus because it's just too tragic to even think about. Um, and all the circumstances around it are just heartbreaking. And she was just like the definition of gone too soon. Um, 
But whenever I even think about it and I just think about the people who were around her and all that stuff, it like breaks my heart all over again. And I sincerely don't know if I would be able to emotionally or physically recover from watching it. Uh, but, and I like, I also like, isn't her family like seedy as fuck? Like, yes, aren't, her dad, yeah. she, right before she died, her dad was trying to make a reality TV show. Um, and that's like one of the last things you see in the documentary is her arguing with her dad, you know, like there's cameras filming and she's like, she's like, dad, like, she's like, why are you trying to make a mug of me? Like, why are you doing this? Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, this is, this is really fucked up. Like, why would you want to do this for me? Because you just want money or something like, and he's just like, it's, you know, she didn't have a will because she was so young. Literally 27. Yeah, and the the what was left of her estate went to her seedy ass dad, and who was already trying to like profit off of her pain and um and yeah, uh, for I time. really feel like it's gonna it would drive me like up a fucking wall because mm -hmm. I just one I don't know where the profits of this goes like I not not for me like I want to be as immersed in all things Amy as possible and do it in the most respectful way and I think obviously like watching it brings a lot of insight to who she was and like gets to show you a side of her obviously that we didn't get to see which is really really special um but i also don't want to give anything whatsoever to her dad like anything uh it's like a weird line to walk because we don't we have such like a limited well of content about amy and eventually i'm i know eventually i'm gonna watch it like it's gonna happen like i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna be prepared for the emotional turmoil that comes afterwards and i'm just gonna suck it up and do it but the biopic, I still kind of think it's a little bit, is it weird for me to say it's a little bit too soon? I I mean, it's been, it's been over 10 years at this point. I was like, looking really? The, yeah, it was the, uh, wow. the anniversary of her death was a couple days ago. And wow. listen to um, Back to Black, you know, just like in memory. And then I like looked like someone posed something about Amy Winehouse, the anniversary of her death. And I was like, Oh, Amy Winehouse went on the internet and was like, let me see what things I'm going to find. Like who's, yeah. who's, who's said something else about her today. Can I read another think piece? And then saw all this stuff about the um, biopic and the casting, what her dad was saying, but it truly, I was like, God, it was 2011 when she died. Oh, that's and, so weird. Yeah. And I don't think it's just like, I think we've seen many times over and over and over again that it's just like, if you want to make a biopic of someone who has died, you got to have a good reason. You have to have like a good enough reason and all the things have to kind of align. Otherwise, like, I don't want to see it. And we saw this with the two different Aretha Franklin, like biopics, one with, yep. one with Cynthia Erivo and the Cynthia Erivo one honestly didn't get the flowers that uh, I think they were anticipating. And I think that's partially because it was like, I think it was National Geographic's genius series. Like it was, it wasn't like HBO or Showtime or something, but everyone was like, why did you even cast her? Before Aretha died, she said, I want Jennifer Hudson to play me in a movie about my life. If you're going to cast someone, pick Jennifer Hudson. So it was like, okay, well, we already have the casting. We have the, the consent of the person before she dies. Um, yeah literally but, but it was also just like honey I don't need anything like I have enough footage of Aretha Franklin I have we've got I've got enough right now we don't have to make a million biopics of someone it's actually totally fine to just be like no just one is all we need and when we're ready and when the stars align like that's when we'll do it right like but if no one is you know 
I'm not begging for that uh, because one, I want to be thoughtful in my consumption of media. And we all know at this point that there's lots of people, a la Britney Spears and her father, where I'm just like watching watching someone's dad take advantage of a situation with their child, with their fucking daughter, and knowing how much of a genius Amy Winehouse was and how much she suffered truly just like while we're all watching a woman suffer in front of our eyes we're having, having no way of knowing how to help her and like the people closest to her being like yeah but she keeps making me money if she keeps suffering and going in and out of rehab and like almost right. overdosing and then coming back from the verge of death so it's just really really sad but it's like I actually don't need that content like I have enough access on the internet now without you adding fuel to the fire I'd rather just not fucking watch anything if that's what yeah you're- that's how I feel about it. I'm like, it to me walks a line between like well intentioned and incredibly exploitative. And it's really, really hard to tell where that line is, especially with something like this, considering her whole career for the most part felt exploitative, a la like Britney right now. Truthfully, I don't know how to consume Britney content other than like her Instagram without feeding into an exploitative culture. Like, purchasing i purchased a free britney flag for the sake of whatever and then i realized i'm like what is this benefit this is an exploitative piece of merchandise that somebody else is making money off of her name like everybody else has for the past 13 years like it's just it's bonkers and with amy and with it's crazy you say the aretha thing because i've noticed that when somebody's life rights become available which is like there's just like a a statute of limitations before people can create content in their likeness Mm -hmm. um Everybody does it at once. Like all of a sudden when Jackie Robinson's life rights, like three Jackie Robinson projects came out within the same year, you know, and it's like a race to who's going to have the best one or like who's going to have the Oscar bait one and like who's going to get the flowers and the nominations for it. But at the same time, it's like this is a real person with a real family and a real life that like you guys are legitimately viewing through the lens of like this is going to further the studio's wealth. This is going to further my career as a producer, director, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so rarely do you watch a biopic where you're like, wow, all of the right people were involved. All of these people have this person's love and appreciation and their vision in mind. It's not like you viewing this person as a character and kind of creating whatever you want from the lip, you know, whatever. Obviously, everybody who makes those kinds of pictures has to do their research and due diligence. Some don't as much as others should, whatever. But with Amy, I know, I know that Gaga loves Amy. I know that she has, and she stated it before when she was working with Tony. And she said, she was like, you know, I really firmly believe that if Amy were still here, this would be her and not me. And, you know, like everything that I do with Tony, I keep in mind that like, I, I am so grateful for like the music and the sound that Amy made. Like she's a, she is a fan and an admirer and, you know, a genuine appreciator of Amy's work and Amy's legacy. And that's, that's great. That means a lot. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it's enough. And I think I just was looking up to see even the movie, like I, Tanya about Tanya Harding's life, because I know that she was like involved in whatever way in this. And it was like, you know, Tanya Harding's alive. Um, but you watch a movie, however campy and like heightened it is. And it's like about how we as a society just like watched and contributed to 
the destruction of this woman's entire life. Mm-hmm. And and then I was just like, did she make any money off that? And it was like, it's been reported that she was paid a grand total of $1,500 for her life rights. Um, Jesus. Which, which may be the lowest sum uh, anyone's been paid for their life rights on a film Jesus that grossed Christ. $53 million worldwide. Yeah. That shit's so gross, man. That shit's so gross. It's so terrible. And um, it, it's just like, okay, is this going to be something like this where you're like, I just, I feel like there's no way for this to be good. I feel like the, the Amy documentary was kind of all I needed. And even that, some, some footage I was like, you know, and I won't, I won't give too much away. There's not really many spoilers in that. I was like, it came out, it came out like almost 10 years ago. (laughs) It's been, you, you can spoil if you need to, it's fine. (laughs) But it, it starts off with her, um, footage of her I think when she's 13 singing happy birthday to a friend and it's filmed on like you know like a camcorder and she sings happy birthday to her friend like so beautifully as a little girl and even watching that I was like oh god like am I supposed to be seeing this like this feels too intimate and I kind of feel like so much of uh, the the beauty of her artistry is that she gave us such an intimate look at herself while she was alive. So much of an intimate look at like what she was struggling through, but made it beautiful for us to see. And the rest of it was just like um, really hard life. Uh, so it's like I actually don't need to see the 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 all of it without the beauty wrapped around it, and not in the way that she in the way that she didn't want me to see it. She didn't want me to see this. Right. That's why she didn't show me that. She showed me her music, and again, it's like if it's not going to do anything positive for the situation, which I'm trying to be, you know, not in like a kumbaya way, but I'm trying to be better about being like honestly, if I don't have anything that I feel proud enough about or serious about that I need to be like involved in a canon of art and contributions to society i'd rather not fucking put it out i'd rather not like write a write an article submit a think piece make a film i'd rather not do any of that if it's not productive or kind or presenting something in a way that needs to be presented because there's actually just enough awful stuff in circulation without without my two cents that was really good i'm sorry i had nothing to add but that was really good (laughs) like that's exactly how i feel it's just wow, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like if it's not making in some regard, not in like a, a large, like if it's not making the world better than it was before or in an, in an attempt to, why, why do it? Mm-hmm. Just like conserve your energy and put it out in things that are going to make yourself and the people around you and the society that you're in better. Yep. Pretty yep. simple. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. It's core not- values, core beliefs. Yeah. We I, even, I, I like made that kind of a, uh, statement to my my brother uh he's older he's like five years older than me uh, and he's like in you know putting his two cents in on um I can never remember how to say her last name but Brittany Griner um the the, the WNBA player who's uh oh yes 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 I also wow I also don't know how to pronounce her last name now that we say that out loud I've read it a billion times exactly yeah um all right Brittany but, G Brittany G yeah Brittany, Brittany we'll G and he was just like you know blah, 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 blah. People think that athletes should be paid the same, but you know, the WNBA doesn't have the same viewership as the NBA. So it's like, if they're paid based on, which I understand, like the, the institutions, it's like, well, one institution has more money than the other because one has more viewership and sponsorship and blah, 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 blah than the other, then how can the institution with less money, less viewership be able to pay 
their athletes the same. I understand logistically what that is, but I was like, honestly, uh, I was like, it doesn't seem like this conversation on Facebook is contributing any bit of kindness to the world or anything productive. And I was like, if the people who love her, who have been like screaming for her to be freed, see this on the internet, is it going to make them feel any better? You know, when I was just like, I don't really see how this is contributing anything. And I was like, he was like, yeah, but the point is blah, blah, blah. And you're missing this and you're missing that. And I was like, like I don't care. I, don't, I was just like, I don't care. I was like, this isn't kind or productive. And I was like, in the time you've done this, you could have signed a petition for her freedom. And I was like, which I have, I don't know if you have, but in the time you've I done have, this, I have. Yeah. But I was like, oh no, I meant that to my brother. <laughs> I oh, like, I was like, I was like, no, I have, but that's good. <laughs> yeah. Your brother could too. Yeah. Brother. But I was, I was just like, you can't, you know, like, I don't really see the point of you contributing something that's like not positive and not in like a toxic positivity sense. I was just like, I don't see what this is good for. Um, If you want to have this conversation, go, go talk that dumb shit in person to someone where there's not record of it. Like, I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. The internet just like be conscious about the way that you act and move on the internet. Cause it's, it's there forever. Okay. You can delete a post. Somebody has a, it's there forever. Mm -hmm. Like, be smart. If you're not going to be kind, be smart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like move and work smart, not hard is yeah. the way that I think. And act smart. Don't act hard. Like just be a, a, a conscious, understanding, decent human being. It is literally the bare minimum yeah. that you can do. It is yeah. so simple. Yeah. And we're going to another super sick transition coming in hot. We have a, uh, with a, with a wonderful and incredible, uh, I don't want to call it a think piece, but it was just like a really nice code of morality that you gave us. We have a little bit on this podcast where we do this thing called What's That About? Where we give you like the opportunity and the floor to share something in pop culture, or something that has kind of either irked you or something that like you're obsessed with or something where you're like, oh my God, I've exhausted my boyfriend or my friends or my family about this. And like, I I need another space to talk about it. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so again, we're gonna... Oh, the rain is starting. Wow, which is feels very cinematic as I'm about oh, to... Oh, perfect. We're setting a scene. Okay, yeah. great. I feel like what if we're talking about particularly women, particularly women performers... I always and, do. And yes, and, and I love to do it as well. Uh, but if I'm... <laughs> yes. Uh, if we're if we're talking about these people and their performances and their contribute their contributions to like artistic canon and like people getting recognition for their work i think that the oh god i don't even know like the cosmic blessing that is the film burlesque um i think that christina aguilera did not get the proper flower she deserved for that performance i thought it was a stellar performance she really and christina or shall i say christina has been doing a lot of uh she's been doing way more like spanish music right now she like uh has been rocking like red hair like Mm -hmm. uh, and like singing in spanish more but that girl was like homegirl like had disappeared for a minute she had like you know aged as people age she'd gained a little weight people were kind of like sleeping on christina aguilera and then she slimmed the fuck down to play a young ingenue run moving to Los Angeles trying to be a singer. Got that hair back to like golden Christina, 17-year-old blonde, and then sang her sang and danced her little ass off with the help of Cher. And Cher's Stan- gonna do it. Stanley Tucci. Oh. And 
uh, freaking Kristen Bell was also in that movie as like a mean alcoholic. Um, <laughs> an incredible movie. And I remember this movie because it came out right before uh, my freshman year of college and I was obsessed with it. And I would like get drunk and dare people to dare me to sing that while drunk and that sounds like, like a very drunk college girl thing to do especially yeah. if you were like a theater kid in any way yep yeah yep. it was just like no one wanted no one wanted it <laughs> and <laughs> um i know that uh the one song i can't remember if it was uh nominated for an oscar or a grant or an emmy uh but share a song you have share a song you haven't seen the last of me from that like got more recognition but i was like christina aguilera did a stellar performance and it seems like no one's willing to just like acknowledge that and i think like there's a there's some there's some queer folk who were like yeah that that movie was great share really and i'm like okay but christina did it you're she like christina's that. right there Right there. <laughs> he really she's not getting she's not getting the respect she deserves for that performance and I'm I'm still upset about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you uh brought this to light because that means that our listeners out there can uh revisit rewatch burlesque with a new lens of like let's look at Christina instead of Cher for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when Cher walks in a room it's really hard to look at anyone else but her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She does in the, I mean this in the most respectful and kind way possible when you're a legend like here, she sucks the air out of the room yeah. type of energy, which is great. Yeah. I, I hope that in my, in aging, I too can become something so ethereal that when I walk into a room, no one else can breathe. That's yes. a very cool fit. That's a cool life goal to achieve. But Christina, like I love. My my ex roommate is like a Christina Stan, like an ex Tina. I don't know what her, the, the fandom name is called, but yeah. he's a he loves her, <laughs> and I feel like her whole career she has been like she's one of the best singers of all time. It's like not even debatable. But she's been fighting for that spotlight every time she comes up. There's like, yep. But then you have like the Britney comparisons all the time, and then she's in a movie with like the biggest star in the whole world of all time, Cher. Like we we need to, besides reflection, which bitch ate up reflection Mulan yeah. that was like a boom moment <laughs> that was like her that was that could have that I think that might have been her my heart will go on and her yeah. I will always love you moment because that song is fantastic yeah but like I'm very okay with Christina getting like a main stage moment again yeah because then she went away and then wait have you seen the meme on Twitter like that she came on that bitch mad as hell meme? no no oh my god it's literally it was like a link to moves like Jagger it was like Christina was broke smelly like like <laughs> rent was due she came on that bitch mad as hell and it's just like moves like jagger and it's like yeah she really did disappear for a while and then came back swinging aggressively hair did weight loss snatched waist like she said don't forget i did genie in a bottle and i can do it again yes yeah she, she yeah. really is i think she like honestly she she like has kids now i think she did like a commercial for like um not like nintendo ds but like something of that <laughs> something of that ilk where she's just like when when i'm making dinner my kids like so. girl she has like, not ever once touched oh. a pot in her life <laughs> that's the gag yes, if you yes. ask what do you think christina aguilera's like like uh signature dish would be if she actually cooked it's fucking toast, dude. Like she's, <laughs> I feel like, and he's like, I don't want, I don't want her in the kitchen is the thing. I want I don't her know. to sing and then have someone like bring her cups of tea and delicious smoothies and like slices of 
delicious cheese and grapes. I want someone to be like bringing her all this shit all day. I never want so her. You want the Christina charcuterie board, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know what. I bet you she makes a good cheese tray. I bet she makes <laughs> a good charcuterie. <laughs> you invite her to dinner and she's bringing the charcuterie board. Oh, yeah. The charcuterie <laughs> board. Absolutely. Christina, X Tina's <laughs> charcuterie board. Honestly, I think I should. We should. We should come up with a Christina charcuterie board and we'll put it on socials. I think that that's really good. Okay. We have talked everything under the sun. I am so, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you and where they can find your amazing content? Wow. Um, I would, I have a, I'm on Instagram. It's at Nadia Pinder. Uh, it's Pinder, like the app Tinder, but with a P. Um, oh, and- Wow. I know you'd be so surprised I say that to people on the phone um, uh, or like at the airport. And sometimes someone's like, what? I'm like, you're like, never mind. Don't look at me like that. Like (laughs) you've heard, you've heard of Tinder before. Um, And then they make me feel like I'm a weird creep. Um, No, it was hilarious. Anybody who doesn't get it is not smart. Yeah, that's, and that's, (laughs) and that's on, on God. That part, and we, that's on that. To say. <laughs> okay, so um, you are on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, you, I have tell them where to get letter. the tie Yeah, I um, I you can go to nadiapinder.com and you can find my newsletter. Um, you can go to stydied. That's s t u y d y e d, like bed sty died, um, because that's where I'm based. Nice. Uh, com or at stydied on Instagram and find all my died doodads. Oh, love to hear it. Listen, Nadia, thank you again so much for, you've made my morning so special. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you very much. So everyone, if you enjoyed this episode of Not Another and you want a little bit more content, you can follow us on Instagram or on TikTok at Not Another Popcast, P-O-P. And if you're like, that's not enough, I need more. You can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Not Another Popcast. Please make really nice and healthy, smart contributions. Live smart, not hard. Um, I love you a lot, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye for now.